Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are looking beautiful today. So one time, one time the baboon and the monkey went to church and the preacher said exactly that. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are looking beautiful today. The monkey took one look at the baboon and said, I can't lie in church. <laughs> Amen. (laughs) This morning I want to speak shortly, a very short word on God is a promise keeper. Amen. We are in December, so we are pretty much in Christmas season, aren't we? It's Christmas and I'm sure that when the children perform next week, there's a scripture we'll hear from the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. We can read it today, chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. Uh, what is interesting about this prophecy of the one of the major so the bible is broken down into a number of books we have the books of the prophets and those also you can split into we have the books of the major prophets and then the books of the minor prophets the prophet isaiah is considered a major prophet so he prophesies in chapter 9 verse 6 and 7 and he says for a child is born to us A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Amen. Amen. Now, what is interesting about this prophecy, this promise God made, was that it took 700 years to get fulfilled. Actually, this is not the first time this prophecy was made. Right in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve betrayed God, God gave them a word. He gave them a promise. He said, the sound of the woman will crush the skull of the serpent, and the serpent will bite his heel. That took approximately 4,000, 5,000 years, but several thousands of years to come to pass. Is God a promise keeper? Yes, he always keeps his promises. Does he always keep his promise when we want him to? (laughs) The answer is no. If God makes me a promise today and it's going to take 700 years, can you think 700 years? 700 years to come, they'll wonder why we held pieces of stick in our hands to speak. (laughs) Because technology will be so advanced, you won't need to hold this ugly thing in your hands just so people can hear you. They'll look at our mobile phones and wonder, why did they need that? (laughs) Because you just have to think it and you make a phone call. (laughs) In 700 years, you just teleport. You know, you just decide where you want to be and uh, you just appear. <laughs> Holograms will be, will be the ish. 
700 years is a long time. 700 years is a long time. But God is a promise keeper. Amen. So, we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. In fact, the debate is, some claim it was Apollos. And some claim it must be Paul. And the reason is because if you look at Paul's other books, it will make sense if it was Paul. But you also look at some of the language and, and, and forms, and you're like, that is, not, that is not Paul. But it has to be somebody who was close enough to Paul. So like, well, maybe it's Apollos. We, we don't really know. But this person also had to deal with this issue. The, the, the writer of the book of Hebrews had to look at the people of God and say, I know God made promises to you. I know that sometimes you go through seasons where it looks as though God has forgotten you. I know that you go through these seasons where you sing, where is our God in whom we trust? That's me singing. And he doesn't appear to be there. But listen, he is a promise keeper, even if it doesn't feel like it. Amen. We are in December and we are looking forward to Christmas because God kept his word. Amen. Christmas is a promise fulfilled. Amen. The God who kept that promise will keep every promise he's made to you. Let's go to the book of Hebrews. A woman who was tired of making, a Christian woman tired of making her husband breakfast every morning. One, day, one morning went to her and said, you know the Bible says it's actually the, man, it's actually the man's job to, to make breakfast? And, so, and he said, prove, prove it to me. So she turned to the book of Hebrews and said, Hebrews. <laughs> so Hebrews <laughs> chapter 6. From verse 13. It says, for example, there was God's promise to Abraham. So it says, for example, because before this, he's been making arguments about how God is just, how God sees our work, how God sees our love for other people, and how just as the rains come and they help the soil and plants sprout and there's beauty, so will God fulfill his promises to us. So, in making these arguments, he gets to verse 13 and says, For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name saying, I will certainly bless you. And I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Verse 15. Please always remember verse 15, especially in difficult times. Then Abraham waited patiently and received what God had promised. These words are beautiful. Abraham waited patiently. The only problem with these words is that we know enough about Abraham in Scripture. And we know that waiting patiently wasn't perfect. Abraham's waiting patiently for God's promise to come to pass uh, <laughs> was not a ride in the park. Two times, God made it a promise to this man and said, your wife Sarai, later changed her name to Sarah, you and her will have that child of promise. Two times this man gave his wife away. 
<laughs> I don't know her. She's just my sister. Two times. Verse 16. Now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he could never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Amen. It is impossible for God to lie. Let's say that. It is impossible for God to lie. Amen. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Amen. Hallelujah. He says God has done two things. He's made a promise. But he hasn't just made a promise. He has also sworn. Amen. A promise is I will marry you. And then an oath is when she takes you to her village in Antoine. <laughs> and says, swear by Antoine that you marry me and that if you don't marry me, you should become impotent. <laughs> and you swear by Antoine. Those of you who don't know Antoine, Antoine is one of the uh, fetishes, one of the traditional gods in Ghana that most Ghanaians fear. <laughs> in fact, a lot of Ghanaians would rather, you know, would more easily swear by Jesus than swear by Antoine. The fear for Antoine is worse. I don't know why. <laughs> An oath is when you swear. So you go to the court of law, and then they ask you what religion you practice. And then if you say you're a Christian, they give you the Bible. And they say, you promise to speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing by the truth. So help you, God. And that is called an oath. Amen. Once you take that oath, if you have found to have lied, it is called perjury. And you can go to jail for that lie. Amen. Once you take an oath, to not keep it becomes an offense. That is punishable by law. Amen. So the writer of Hebrews writes to God's people in a time of persecution, in a time when they were scattered. So basically this letter is for Christians who fundamentally were Jews, but now were scattered through the Roman Empire because of persecution. And it says that God made a promise to you. But he didn't just make a promise, he also took an oath. Amen. And he is a promise keeper. Hallelujah. We are in December. Some of us entered 2022 with great expectations. And we are in December and we don't know whether we went or we came. <laughs> it's difficult. 
Some people, I don't know whether they, they should saw off their thumb because they voted in confidence. And the person they voted for said, I didn't force you to vote for me. <laughs> and now they buy a liter of petrol for what used to be the price of a gallon. Difficult times come. Amen. In fact, if you have to ask yourself, why, why, why does God need to make a promise? Why does God need to make anybody a promise? Because a promise is something to hang on to, especially in difficult times. Amen. A promise is a gift. It is an assurance. It is something to hang on to. Because in this body, sometimes we don't feel good. Sometimes we lose the most precious people in our lives. Sometimes friends betray us. And in those moments of loss and pain and, and betrayal, and grief. We have to hold on to something. Verse 15 again. Then Abraham waited patiently. And he received what God had promised. Amen. For Abraham. God gave him a secret. And I want us to think about it. We all know this. When God called him Abraham. He wasn't Abraham. For the longest time, he was nowhere near an Abraham. Because Abraham is the father of many nations. And the man didn't even have one to boast about. When he finally managed to get one son, it was out of compromise. It was he tired of waiting. And so now, settling for whatever job he could find. It was he tired of waiting, so now marrying whoever comes along. It was he tired of waiting, so now compromising his value system. And yet every morning he will wake up and he said, My name is Abraham. Call me Abraham. Amen. Call me the father of many nations. There is a place in this kingdom for speaking God's truth that you know. In spite of your immediate circumstances. Because that truth that he has said about you will come to pass. Amen. We are not supposed to be governed and led by our immediate feelings and circumstances. As God's holy children, there is who he says we are. Amen. The promise he made to Abraham, he made to all of us by covenant. So when he promised and he said, I will certainly bless you, it wasn't just to Abraham. It was to those, it was to all those who believe. Amen. What does it mean to be blessed? 
To be blessed simply means to be given the capacity to maximize your full potential. Amen. So if God called me to be a mason, to become the best mason you can find anywhere, that is all it means to be blessed. Amen. To be blessed means that if God called me to be a father, people will see my children and go like, wow, I wish I had a father like yours. Amen. Many times, especially if you live in a poor country, we are not poor, but we've been made poor. That's a whole other conversation. When you live in one of those countries where you sit on gold and beg for brass, anytime you read, you read blessed, you think money. <laughs> <laughs> but that is also included. Amen. He said, I will bless you. I will certainly bless you. And I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Amen. To multiply is to replicate. You know how you go for a funeral and you can tell the family because they all have the same head shape. If you see the heads, oh, that one is from that family. All of them, 1,000 of them, the same head. Somebody got multiplied. <laughs> Amen. So this is why God is interested in your well-being and your progress. Because if you do well, he can replicate you. Amen. You will no longer be the only rich person from Konongo. Now, after a while, you go to Konongo and you see a lot of other rich people. You will not only be the educated person from Kwadaso. When God multiplies you, you set up systems, you build schools, you employ teachers, you pay them well. 20 years down the line, you go to Kwadaso and everybody speaks English. They may mix the L and the R, but they still speak English. Please the Lord. <laughs> Amen. God is a promise keeper, beloved. It is important to remember that. Kori Tembum once told a young man who walked up to him and said, can you tell me something to encourage me? And she said, remember in the darkness what God told you in the light. Amen. God is a promise keeper. When you read in verse 15 and it says, then Abraham waited patiently. It wasn't a perfect waiting. He struggled. Amen. He struggled. There were many, many, many times when he found himself doubting God's word. Doubting if God would come through for him as he had promised. Many, many, many times when he would mention his name and people would laugh. Abraham had brothers. They all had more children that he ever did in this life. Even his nephew Lot had two daughters. Abraham had zero. And yet he called himself Abraham. In the book of Proverbs, let's end with that scripture. Chapter 24, verse 16. It says, the godly, I'm reading from the New Living Translations. It says, the godly may trip seven times. This is a very <laughs> polished word. Other versions will tell you, the godly may fall seven times, but they will get up again. Amen. 
But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. <laughs> so he's talking about disasters here. The godly may fall, trip, fall, stumble, crash seven times. They'll get up again. The godly don't stay down. Amen. The scriptures don't say, that doesn't say the godly don't fall or the godly doesn't fall. No. It doesn't say the godly don't become heartbroken. Last, last, everybody go to your breakfast. Breakfast is the new slang for heartbreak for those who don't know. When Brenner Boy sang, last, last, everybody go chop it. I was oh, this guy has become humanitarian. Now he cares about people eating. And then a younger person said, no, 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 no. That's not what he means. He means, last, last, everybody go chop breakfast. Everybody go get heartbreak. And then yesterday, I heard a DJ play a new version. Black stars, everybody go chop breakfast. <laughs> that DJ must be Nigerian. <laughs> We don't chop breakfast where we are, but we'll get up again. Amen. <laughs> now, the number seven is interesting in this verse because seven means perfection. It, you, could, you could translate it to mean the righteous will fall several times, or you could also say the righteous will crash, crash. You know the kind of crash where <laughs> the <laughs> it's a crash. No PR, no Fiatra can help you. No PR expert can help you. This one, my crash. See, the righteous will crash seven times, but they'll get up again. Amen. Somebody once said the difference between a sheep and a pig is that they can both end up in muddy waters. They can all both end up in the, in the dirty water. But the difference is that the sheep will be bleating for help and the pig will be enjoying. That's the difference. So the pig is like, ah, this is heaven. Hey, this is heaven. And the sheep like, help me. Bah, help me. So contrary to popular belief, Christians can struggle. We can struggle with addictions. We can struggle with low self-esteem. We can struggle with betrayal. We can struggle with grief. But we don't stay down. Amen. The difference is in the positioning. God is a promise keeper. Hang on to his promises. Write them. Make his promises your name. Write them on your books, in, in, on your walls, everywhere. When you wake up in the morning, intentionally recite his promises to you. Amen. Before you step out to face anybody else, remember his promises. Amen. Because in difficult times, his promises are meant for difficult times. And in due course, they will come to pass. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness and goodness. We thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that December and Christmas is, is a promise fulfilled. And we thank you that Christ is a promise fulfilled. And the Holy Spirit is a promise fulfilled. And your presence with us is a promise fulfilled. And you say you will neither leave us nor forsake us. That you are with us all the way to the very end. We thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness.
To every heart that is broken, to everyone who feels lost this morning, I lift them before you and say, Father, remember them in this season of their lives. Reconnect them to you in Jesus' name. Every spirit of deception, every spirit of grief, every spirit of depression that seeks to steal from your children, this morning in the name of Jesus, we bind you and we cast you out. We break your hold and we command you to lose ground in Jesus' name. This morning, we take territory for God's children. We speak your peace over them. We speak your joy over them. We speak your life over them. We thank you, sweet Holy Spirit, for your mighty presence. We thank you for your grace that will see your children through. We thank you that you are the God who keeps your promises. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.